Here we go. We are live. Welcome to podcast number one. Our first guest is a guy known by some as Beards, Biceps, and Beliefs. Other guys know him as the person that just yells to take action. Either way, I know him as my friend Scott. Uh, first episode we're going to talk about is persistent consistency and building true self-confidence was excited to bring Scott onto this as he's far more the subject matter expert than I am. We're both on the same path. Uh, first thing I want to bring up is how I got to meet Scott, why Scott's on the podcast. Scott, I think you and I have been friends now for like five years at this yeah, point. Yeah, it's about five years, yeah. yeah. I'll never remember the first party. It's a, it's a long relationship, Cody. Yeah, if it's anything like my life, it's going to come to an end pretty soon. So, kidding. So, I remember we were at a backyard party one time. Um, with a bunch of just great folks out there, all clean cut. And then I see this guy walk in the backyard, tattoos, you know, very aggressive handshake. And he just looked different. I was like, man, I got to get to know this guy. Uh, it turns out he's now married to my other really good friend, Jame. Um, and then I got to learn his story around building the gym. But I always think that hearing the story from the person themselves versus me telling it has a lot more power and conviction. Scott, can you just tell us about you know, CrossFit Plainfield, which is actually where we're filming from uh, currently right now. Well, CrossFit Plainfield, uh, I've always been into health and wellness, but we opened in January 2013, January 9th to be precise. So we're coming up on nine years in uh, in like four weeks here. So that's some good stuff. I'm proud of that. I'm assuming it's, you know, you opened the doors the first day and it immediately just went to the moon, right? Like every business. Yeah. Uh, my first client, I had my truck image before we were even open, and she followed me driving to the gym before we were even open, and that was my first client. So Got it. it's pretty cool. Got it. And it's a Cinderella story ever since. No ups, no downs, just <laughs> right to the moon, right? <laughs> We've been to the bottom and the top like multiple times. That's funny. I always thought, you know, when you start a business, everyone just makes a million dollars the first day. <laughs> I wish, right? <laughs> we all wish. Right. So the title of today's podcast is known as Persistent Consistency, and like I said, Scott's on here because he's been doing it longer than I have, um, but I think a lot of things that come with persistent consistency is building you know, a lot of self, uh, self-esteem, self-confidence, and I think that's a key to a lot of things that I wish I'd learned earlier on, and this podcast is there to help folks. Um, Scott and I had talked about this a couple weeks ago that when two minds come together, it creates a third mind. So Scott might think one way, I might think one way, but when we both come together, there's a third way that's thought about uh, that can be massively impactful to you guys. Um, so Scott, you know, can you share with me the journey you're at right now, like where you're at in the overall vision of CrossFit Plainfield and like how you think about the business now? Oh, it's completely different from when we started. When I started the gym, I thought we're going to have all these like amazing athletes and former football, hockey players, college athletes, that's all it's going to be. But now really it is an everyday person who wants to be healthy, look a little better, live longer, be able to move with their kids. I, I call it, uh, we're like the middle-aged gym, you know. Um, not that we don't have some amazing athletes, but that's not the the bulk of our clientele anymore that I thought it would be. Got it. And Scott, now you've been doing this for nine years. When you first started this, did you ever see that there was an end? Like, hey, I just wanted to get to this point. Or, you know, once I got to this point, I'd finally feel like I've made it. Yeah, always, right? I think we all feel that way. If I just get the next promotion or the next raise or a better date or <laughs> that'll right. be the one, right? 
but then you're not happy. You actually get to that goal and then your goals change. So think of like you're always hitting the ceiling. You get up, you reach a certain level, and then you want more. So how do you break through that ceiling? What's the next great idea or the next new program or project that you're going to do? Successful people are always looking at the next thing because they get bored. Once you accomplish something, you're like, okay, I want more. Now, Scott, do you always think like that, though? No, absolutely not. <laughs> Tell me about, like, you know, how did you get, like, is there anything that happened to you in your life? Like, it always reminds me that I remember when I was first starting the practice that, like, when I could just get to this point, it'll be over. Or if I'm doing something physically in, like, some sort of fitness challenge, that, like, once I can just get to the end, it'd be over. And then you get to this point where you realize there is no end. It's never going to be over. Because the moment you stop, the regression starts. It's an ever-ending slope. And like finding the peace in the fact of knowing that, hey, once I realize it's never going to be over with, I think there's like some solace you can find in that. Yes, for sure. I always say like um, once you get used to nothing will ever be done, meaning you have always more work to do and nothing will be ever perfect. You're always chasing those two things. But once you realize that those things can't happen, you just keep working on improving everything from your business to yourself to your relationship to friends it doesn't matter what it is if you're you're a car guy you know building that perfect car it never ends right right you just keep working on it and it becomes more successful over time it's just like those ceilings you think this is what is perfect but once you get there you realize oh there's so much more past that and it just opens your eyes up i think this actually translates to our next point really, really well in that it's all about hitting the one ceiling, but getting to the next ceiling, right? And a lot of folks, I remember thinking at a younger age uh, before, you know, starting the journey of the business of like all these big terms, like think big and, you know, all these like con concepts of philosophy, you're like, I don't get it. Like there's no actionable things, right? But it starts with the day-to-day -day habit and the day-to-day -day habits that I think that you and I talk about that hit you the one ceiling, those same habits aren't going to hit you the higher, higher ceiling. First, and Scott, you had an interesting thing that you talked about a couple weeks ago that stuck with me where you mentioned, do not put regular checklist items on your to-do list for the day. Can you share with me more about how that came in your mind and tell us a little bit more about that? Um, that's a great point. So sometimes people would just want to put things on the checklist to say they did them or got them done. But every day you wake up, you go to the washroom, you brush your teeth, you shower, you eat your breakfast. Those shouldn't be goals on your checklist, right? You want to put the things on there that are a couple different things. One is putting something on the list that is just driving you nuts that you never get done and you think about it all day, every day. I have one of those and I still today don't do it. And it will it is rotate my tires. I just never make the appointment or go. And I think about it every time I get in my truck and drive to work or drive home or drive anywhere because the tires aren't wearing properly it's like thud 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 right that's your life going thud 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 like you need to get it off of that list so that you can move on everything on your checklist isn't super hard or super like the end all be all it's those little things in life that are holding you back that get on that checklist so that you can get it off of there and move on to the next thing do you ever feel like we cause more stress and anxiety around the little checklist item than it is actually getting it done like oh. we think the appointment's going to take longer they're going to blow up the truck somehow and they rotate the tires but those are all like things we fabricate in our subconscious to prevent us from doing it. Yeah, absolutely. I don't want to make the appointment. 
I don't want to call. <laughs> I hate calling. If there's an online appointment, which I haven't even checked, there probably is, but I'll do it online so I can it. show up and I don't want to talk to anybody. Fair. But. <laughs> I, I think it's interesting too. Like we always, we want to put the things on there that we know, we all know what the big task is we should do, but people put these synthetic like little tasks of like go to the gym is like my big to-do list. Well, it's great. I think fitness is a huge thing, right? I, you and I talk about this, like you can't be a pot-bellied leader, right? If you're fat and out of shape, how can you lead other people, right? If they're not going to respect you or it's like, okay, like Scott, think about it in your position. If you were massively overweight and trying to own a gym, that's not going to correspond well, right? No, absolutely not. If you can't lead yourself, how can you lead others? But this is a similar thing too. I see this with a lot of people that a lot of individuals are watching social media. You went to the gym today for the 60th day in a row or the 400th day in a row. That's great. But now we need to add something new on the checklist because it's become an automatic habit so now create room to have another big task on there. I think you were telling me that there's only 20 decisions we can make in a given day, essentially, in regards yes. to that. Scott, can you tell the viewers a little more about that? Yeah. So you only have 20 decisions you can make in a day. And if you use those all 20 up before you even like got going in your day, like, should I drink this coffee or this coffee? Should I, you know, should I use my regular toothbrush, my electric toothbrush? Like, no, save those things. Those should all become those great habits that you do every day. Um, if you, uh, I'll recommend a book. If you haven't read The Morning Miracle by Hal Erold, I would read it because successful people have done so much in their morning before they even leave for their job or if you work from home to do that. They've accomplished more than most people accomplish all day. And it's building those habits so that you're not thinking about it. You just naturally do it and you're saving those decisions so that you can make big, important decisions later in the day. This is an interesting part too about the morning and just running a practice in a business. I find it interesting when people put off like the big task until the end of the day, you're so much less likely to do it, right? I mean, Scott, if you think about it right now, people think, oh, when you eventually have the business for five, six, seven, eight years, you're just making big level decisions. I'm not sure about you, but I find myself more mentally exhausted at the end of the day than I ever have before because there's so much buzzing around. So your chances of taking courage on the big action are most likely going to happen less. Yeah, it's definitely getting pushed to the next day. Right. And then the same thing happens. It goes to the next day. And if you had just taken action first thing in the day and got that done, you'd have so much more. Then there goes your opportunity to put more into your day. Absolutely. I think we're also subconsciously stressing about the big thing you know you're supposed to do. That's the same thing for everybody. It's not like you need a specialty coach to tell you, like, here's your big thing you need to do in your life to move you forward. We all kind of know what that is. But just some people don't have the courage to attack it. Which, this is actually flowing really well. This is not, there's no recut. This is raw and uncut. But when we talk about, like, we talk this for synthetic self-confidence versus true self-confidence, right? I feel like we've got a lot of people out there in the world that think they're self-confident or like, oh, I've got this or I got that. Yeah, okay, well, let's put you in an uncomfortable situation and see how you fare, right? Like, Scott, I'm not sure about you, but I always have this theory that I want to meet people for the first time when they're in a really uncomfortable spot just to see how they're going to respond, Right? Because a lot of folks can talk a talk, but are they actually built tough when the situation doesn't go the way they want it to? It's actually a learned behavior, right? To, to learn how to deal with tough situations. And the more tough things that you take on, yes, you're going to fail more, but you're going to learn. And you're going to learn over and over again. So not that you want to just fail all the time, but you learn how to do it. So when the next thing comes up, you already have built those behaviors in so that you can handle the failure without 
going all the way back to zero or being crushed or you've got better coping skills on how to handle it and you've got better resources. Absolutely. And I guess I'd be curious to know this from your end because you deal with people that, like in the fitness world, excuses just rain everywhere, right? Anywhere you look, there's people complaining about this. I can't do this. I can't do that. What do you think? And you're a guy that preaches take action over and over. I mean, anywhere you look on any of Scott's social media, I mean, even if you're in the same zip code as Scott, you somehow feel this urge like I got to start taking action. What do you think is your biggest commonality you're seeing of people that don't take action? They never do. Or they take too big. They take off a too big a chunk, right? We all know someone that's probably, hey, I want to quit smoking or I want to quit drinking. It's all the little baby steps that get you to quit smoking or quit drinking or you want to be successful in your your health and lifestyle. But it all starts with the little tiny steps, not the big one. You didn't get there overnight. It's all the way leading up to that. So you have to take action with the tiniest little thing. When I'm talking to people about nutrition or their lifestyle, I'm like, just drink. Do you drink water? Well, not that much. Okay, just start your day with a glass of water. Doesn't have to be huge, just a small glass of water, and that's a win. Then you do that every day for like two, three weeks. Now it's a habit. Now you go on to the next thing and just keep building on it. You're just taking action. And it's gonna change on what you do. Like my morning routine used to be all these other things, and now it's back down to a few less things, but it's more focused, right? so that's okay too. It doesn't have to be everything that I do or you do, Cody, but it should start with something. Like you get up, how can you make your day better first thing in the morning? You got to take action on it. Do you ever feel like we're just living in a society that moves so fast, we never take time to sit there and breathe and assess, like how can we do the things we're doing better? I often find that we're like, we just do the same motions, but we, you mentioned how can I make my morning better? I wonder how many people have stopped there to actually think about that, right? Of like they just do the same thing looking for like this one monster change that's going to impact their life like a movie. Like, you know, it was a typical Tuesday and then I had, you know, I met with Bill for beers and it changed my life. Like, yeah. that, that never happens. That doesn't happen, right? We all want like, mm, I, I wish someone would leave me in their will, right? Leave me $10 million. It never happens. But it's funny though, Scott. Like, at this point in your life, would you actually want somebody to leave you $10 million? Like, would you actually want that? Well, yeah. Because what could I do with it? Before it would have been... Oh, wow, I could buy all this shit. But now it's like, what could, how could I impact the people around me or the town around me, right? Right. Or how could I influence and help other people if I had that much money? What else could I build and do? Do you believe that that, menta- that answer you gave to that mentality is shaped from you being so deep into the business now? Like, say this was Scott year one, right? Or day one. Would you want that $10 million to come in? Then or the $10 million are coming now and how much more mentally prepared do you think you are now to handle that $10 million versus day one $10 million? Yeah, definitely now. Nine years ago, I'm like, how much gym equipment can I buy? Like, what's all the cool <laughs> stuff? You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rent a bigger place out. I'm going to, you know, hire all these fancy coaches. No. Now, that would be a waste. It'd right. all be gone. Right. I think that there's something to be said about, you know, this is in building self-confidence and going through tough situations you ever heard the saying before, pray for rain? Like, I think so often people want these perfect conditions that will never come. It is, or you're going to wait so long for that perfect condition to come that so much time is going to blow and past you that you've already, you would have been way better off just starting in a bad situation than waiting for times to get great to start anything, any endeavor, right? 
And so I start to think about now this like, I pray for rain because if I know I can do X, Y, Z situation when it's quote unquote raining, that means I can do it even better when the sun is shining. Yeah, absolutely. Think about if you had started something six months ago, where would you be? You were talking about it. If you started a year ago, right? Right. If you start today, where would you be in six months, right? No matter what this what the scenario is, whether it's a gym or um, your business, what you do, or anything, right? If I just start walking today, where will I be in six months? And people, I think, sometimes get afraid of their own shadow of where they could be in six months. They think about the six month marker, and like you're mentioning, not the today marker. All you got to knock out is today, and take it piece by piece. And Scott, how often do you think that by doing hard tasks over and over and doing a courageous task, like I really had this belief that it builds true self-confidence, right? Because you got to be able to motivate yourself, right? I think it's, there's no, motivation works great to get you going on day one. But when it's day 60, right, you've watched all the motivational videos that you're going to watch. They're not working (laughs) anymore, right? Like what can you count on at that point? I think it's like looking back and thinking, well, I've gone through this. And that was a bad spot. Well, I did that so I can do, this isn't as bad as this day, so I can at least do it today. And I think it's through the use of that 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 builds the true self-confidence. Yeah, you you have the confidence to know that you've already done harder things, so this is easy now compared to what I already went through. You've already gone through the hardest part of your life. It's probably not getting worse. Like, and you handled it, right? Right. Think of your worst situation you've been in. Yeah. Right? Is anything gonna be worse? Hopefully not, but it probably won't be. Right. You've already tackled that, so now everything else is easy. Absolutely. We all have that point of lowness you and I have shared. Yeah. Right? And that's pretty low. But now we're here today, right? Because everything else is easier after that. Absolutely. I think people I think do you I think people reflecting on their lowest low help create self confidence too, where it's like if you look at it from the right positioning, right? Like that can become a scary thing where if you keep dwelling on the lowest point in your life, I think if you spend so much time thinking about it, you can end that up there. But if you look at it from a position of strength and just keep reminding myself, like, I made it through that. Like, no one out there is doing this. Yeah. I guess, you know, with self-confidence, too, I, I equated this. I was talking to one of my friends last night and talking about self-confidence can almost become a thing of, like, drinking water. Now, I'm going to preface this with saying this is more of, like, an advanced concept this is not a get out of jail free car where I don't want someone going down the path of like, oh, I don't want to end up like that. You got to first get the self-confidence before you can have the over self-confidence. And once again, like we talk about, true self-confidence is built by doing hard things over and over. But I think there is a point we can all get to, right, where self-confidence is like water, right? You got to have some of it, right, to keep you alive. Plug, Scott's last podcast. Um, having a decent amount of it, right? I drink four cups of water is good, but I get to eventually drink in a gallon of water. That's great right? Now I'm really moving in self-confidence. But Scott, what happens if I drink five gallons of water on a given day? It's too much. You're going to drown yourself. Yeah. You'd be dead. I can't, I can't say that word. It's too long. Neck, necro. I'm not even going to try. But there's a condition of drinking too much water and it's very bad for you. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I think it has to all come in moderation. So keep that in mind. Um, but by doing, you know, getting the true self-confidence over and over, it allows you to actually get to our next point of thinking big, right? And truly thinking big. And Scott, you know, what do you think the core things are that push you to think big now at this stage? Like what's your motivating factor that's pushing you to think bigger all the time? Is it you, yourself? Obviously it's gotta be a part of it, but like what else are you tapping into to help keep thinking bigger consistently? Yeah, that's the that's the people you surround your with, yourself with, right? Um, if you're the smartest person in your group, you're in the wrong group. 
You're in the wrong crowd. You're in the wrong circle. You want to be the lowest on the bottom so that those rest of those people can pull you up. They talk about, you probably all heard it, like you're, you're the sum of the five people around you, right? Yeah. If you're around someone who just parties and stays out all late and does that once in a while, that's okay. But if that's every every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you're soon going to fall into that and bring yourself down from where you are. So you need to raise yourself up. You need to find people who challenge you. Don't just agree with what you're saying, but have other viewpoints and will actually help you learn. So um, I know that you're in a mastermind group. So am I. And those people you're surrounding yourself with are hard to find sometimes. So you got to go outside your immediate circle and search those people out. And those people will lift you up. Man, getting kind of fired up just thinking about it. I and you know, Scott, it's it's interesting, right? When you first go down this path, right, of just like wanting more out of yourself, right? And never believe all of them over, like, I've had enough of this. Like the way I'm going ain't the way I want to end up, right? But just quitting, like going out with your friends and partying all the time, it's not an easy like night and day situation, right? It might be easy for the first couple times you say no, but eventually, right, if we don't have immediate results, our brain starts to subconsciously think back of like, ah, oh, well, you know, what if I just go out with them again? It's like on a typical Tuesday. Maybe Tuesday, Wednesday, right? And I've always heard had this mentality now of like every time I say no, I'm getting better, right? We always think about what we're missing out on, but we're not thinking about what we're what we're giving up and gaining, right? We're missing. Mm-hmm. We're thinking, but we're we're thinking like this Tuesday at you know X Y Z bar. This is going to be the craziest night it's ever been, dude. You've been going there for ten straight years. It's like the same three guys, you know. <laughs> slugging on bush lights in the corner it's a sad sight right yeah but we don't we never for some reason as human minds think about what we're missing out on for ourselves if we were to say no to our friends i think that's a concept that's just not commonly talked about yeah you give up so much of your time or you get you know you get you all know that phrase fomo right fear of missing out um but if you do that, what are you missing out on yourself and growing yourself that next day? Because if you're too tired to get up or you're hungover or you got brain fog, yeah, right? And it's not just from drinking, but staying up too late too. And um, you miss out on your next day of making yourself better instead of, you know, I went out with the guys last night and had some beers. So this is interesting in regards to Scott actually doesn't know this. So the reason Scott got brought on as the first podcast guy is... Interestingly enough, I, Scott and I don't hang out very much, quite frankly. And it's not because like Scott doesn't like me, I don't like him. But it's one of those things to where like, I know Scott's in the background doing a bunch of different things. And Scott knows that too. So if I don't talk to him for a month, like I'm not upset about it. I'm not crying about it. It's just mutually understood. It just is what it is. But I remember when I actually had a chance to meet up with Scott um, just over a, a glass of bourbon. A couple weekends prior to that, I had went clubbing for the first time in a long time. And it reminded me, like, great night, mass pandemonium everywhere. And I remember reflecting on that and thinking, there's no great conversation I had. I learned nothing that I wouldn't have already known except the fact of, like, this is why I don't go clubbing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but then I remember hanging out with Scott. For, we, we had probably, what, an hour together? Yeah. And the conversation we had in an hour, I remember getting in my car going, like, Wow. I can remember, I took like three different things. And it wasn't even like I was asking you for help. It was just you and me talking to each other. It's just mm-hmm. actual points that I learned from that. And I think that's a huge thing by me saying no to like, I had another opportunity to go um, basically another club that afternoon. And I was like, I'm actually going to take what I, I'm going to take the harder right versus the easier wrong and just go hang out with Scott. Like I know it's the right choice. 
And I'm so happy I did. Um, Scott, anything to add to that? Yeah. Um, there is a balance in life where you want all the fun, happy, great things, right? We want the good side. But with that comes, think of your life as a pendulum. If you're all of it's good and you're way over here on the left, that pendulum's going to swing back and go all the way far to the right, which is all the bad shit, okay? We want to be somewhere kind of in the middle all the time. A little bit of good, might go a little bad, but kind of right in the middle is where we function the best. So if we're going clubbing all the time or going to the bar all the time, that's really good, but then it swings all the way back where the next day we're in bed all day or we didn't do our job or we didn't spend time with our significant other or all those other things. You can't be on vacation all the time. It's not how we're designed. We come back to that middle point. So it's having a balance between the really good stuff and bad stuff. It keeps us in the middle. So we hum a lot better in the middle. Absolutely. At this point in the business, Scott, do you ever think about this as like having to take a day off because you're in bed or had a poor decision, which is like sidelining you for the day? To start thinking like, that's an expensive mistake. Like mm-hmm. the night before wasn't expensive, right? Sure, it might cost you, you know, your your tab at a bar might cost you two, three hundred bucks. Who cares, right? But the next day, not being able to perform, how costly that is. Yeah, it's it takes up so much of your mind space because you know you don't feel good, you're not functioning properly, and the things you should be doing. And you work for yourself. I work for myself. No one makes us do that stuff, but we know we should be doing it because it drives us forward. And then when you waste the whole day because you're half assing it right? Then you're more pissed at yourself than anybody else because you did it to yourself. That's the hardest part too, right? It's like when you get to the point of like knowing you let yourself down, like we can casually do it, but when you're like really aware and it took me a long time to this, but when you're really aware of yourself and knowing you let yourself down, that's a hard one to sit with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, the one thing, you know, you might be sitting there thinking, what do I do next? I think everyone knows the answer to it. I think I'm a big proponent of if you're not sure what to do, just go work out and do some push-ups. Eventually, you'll find an answer. Or just go run. Do something. If you got a pair of shoes, you can run. If you got a floor, you can do push-ups. Um, something's going to get you moving in the right direction. The one thing I'm going to start to end this podcast with is, is asking folks, I'm just curious to know, Scott, who's your hero? Uh, that's a tough one. You know what? I think... One of the things that is is good and bad with myself is that I look, every time I meet someone or talk to somebody new, I'm looking at like who they are besides all the stuff that they want to change and do, like who they are inside. And I see the potential in people. So I give more than I get back, right? So I'm always giving more mm-hmm. and not filling my own bucket as much. But when somebody does something and continues to do it and are successful, those people become my heroes because I'm so proud of them, right? I look at them and go, okay, you got my job is to keep you going so that you can live the best life you can for the rest of your life wherever you're at and keep removing all those roadblocks that come up um, because there is great potential in each of us. So I think everyone's my hero as long as they're doing something and taking some type of action. Hmm. I had a situation actually happen to me just recently, and I'm assuming like you get this stuff all the time. I had a friend of mine, there's a certain fitness challenge, 
If you guys go on my Instagram page, you can see that I did it. I'm not going to bring it up because I don't want to, you know, cease and desist after episode one. But <laughs> it's, uh, it was a guy I haven't talked to in probably six months. He asked me about the program I did, and I just highly encouraged the guy to do it. Like, hey, this is – I don't know how it's going to benefit you, but I know it will. I didn't talk to him for six months. Messaged me out of nowhere via text message on the last final two days of him finishing it. Said, hey, man, I've been keeping this as a secret. Didn't tell anybody about it, but I just want to say I would have never started this if it wasn't you encouraging me to do it. And I remember thinking about like the amount of joy. Like it almost moves you to tears. Where you're like, yeah. I live for this, man. Like I find more joy now watching other people win than watching myself win. Right? Like it's like I want you to experience it that high, right? Scott, how often do you get to experience feelings that where someone's like, hey, Scott, because of you, you got my momentum. You got me to take action. Yeah. And it, it is people that sometimes I haven't seen or they moved away or it's been years and I'll get a message like, hey, I've kept this going. Or I remember you said this. I'm like, I said that? I'm like, yeah, but they remember that specific, I can never say that goddamn word, specific quote or line I said to them. And it's stuck with them for all those years, right? And it's changed their trajectory. I think we've talked about this. It's like, what door do you take? You know, and like I refer to them my past like I'm gonna go to college or I was going in the military same way went to college then there's a next major choice in life sends you the other way it's those little tiny decisions like that guy listened to you you just kind of half-assed set it out there and he took it and went with it and it's changed him he took the the right path and not the wrong path right and that's changed his life forever he'll share that with someone who that might inspire them to do that same thing it's the interesting part too of like, you know, eventually when you go long enough where you can't remember the hardest thing that you've done, like with the next biggest challenge, you start to get panicky where it's like the, the big physical accomplishments or the big business accomplishments, that high is only going to last so long. I equate to a temporary tattoo. You can keep looking at it, but it's going to fade away eventually. Mm-hmm. And as soon as it starts to fade away, it's one of those things you and I both know, like it's time. Yeah. So there, there's a phrase out there for that. What's next, right? Everyone gets to that point and they're stagnant or stuck it's like BHAG big hairy audacious goal and if it doesn't scare you it's not big enough amen just to close out Scott how do you attack the big hairy audacious goal <laughs> of course the, the only thing you can do is take action thanks guys hope you enjoy episode one thank you Scott it's been appreciative um, yeah leave a comment if you know how to do that or have any other advice This has helped one person. It's been more than worth it. Thanks, guys.